Realistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors help answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of AR rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. And now, here is your host, John Johnston. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of AR rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, silliness. Why are my co-hosts playing rock, paper, scissors, and other things at Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Coasting with me, Jack-Jack and Melody! Yay! What, what, what was that? What, what's the... Honestly, I was doing it to make you confused and worried about what we were doing rock, paper, scissors for. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is what what am I what am I literally, buying for? Literally just so I know that he would be worried about what we were doing. Oh. I I like that uh as we're doing the the show intro that you people decide to distract me. Now we're you people. Oh. We don't even have names anymore, Jack. I think we need to start they, a revolution. They took away my name and gave me a number. Oh. oh. I Can think I be number 7. <laughs> What? <laughs> All right. It's a lucky number. Everybody stop. Drop. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> no, I was going to just set them down, open up shop. Oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. I don't get the reference. <laughs> really? Go figure. Oh, hey, guys, guess what? What's that, John? This segment brought to you by Tactical Night Vision Company. The night is dark and full of terrors, or at least it used to be. But now we have the technology to fight the night, and TNVC is your one-stop shop for all your dark fighting needs. From the TNV PVS-14 night vision goggle to the IRA Patrol thermal monocular and everything in between, TNVC can outfit your defense against the dark arts. Doesn't matter if it's your lost keys, the enemy, or that little kid from down the street that likes to wander off. TNVC has what you need to find things in the dark. TNVC now with financing. Own or finance the night. Huh. <sighs> So, hey, it's sports ball season again, which means I had to make sure the television was turned off in the studio because they were talking about sports ball. And Pickers are going to go all the way this year. <sighs> I love you so much, Jack-Jack. This is my triumphant return. I haven't been here for, like, weeks now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Traveled so, many lands. Me neither. Well, yeah, but... I'm supposed to be here, though. <laughs> wow. Good point. Wait, is this going to turn into like a bunch of clerks references or something like that? You know what the best part of this is? I got that reference. Good. Um, the best part is right now, other than like the sponsors, we're not a gun show. We're just like a really, really bad AM talk <laughs> morning talk show. show. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Facebook user question episode because we haven't had one in a long time. And we are joined by Melody Lauer um, since we were teaching our classes last weekend and... Uh, she was around. We're recording a couple episodes, so you get Melody Lauer for the next couple weeks. Yay! <laughs> but we have questions, so let's get to those. I know we touched on this last time, but I like this one from Phil Hankey. How do you know you're ready to take ECQC? Um, 
you're ready. Right now. Yeah, right, right now. Right now. Right <laughs> meow. So, no, seriously, though, the whole point, and Melody just came from ECQC, so I want to get her take on this in a second. Um, but the whole point is it's a an evaluation of you as you are today. It is not something you train up for. That is, I mean, I don't like that. I don't like that as a concept because you need to get a good idea of where you're at on a day-to-day and then adjust things accordingly. And if you go and uh, rock it, then, hey, cool. I mean, that's not going to happen. But if it does... I've (laughs) never heard that story. Uh Uh-uh. I've never heard somebody like, oh, ECQC, breeze, didn't even bother me. Right. No. (laughs) Now, I did talk to Craig and asked him, like, those students who have gone back, like, six, seven, eight times and have done the work in between time, like, doing jujitsu, getting fit and all that stuff, I said, do they have an easier time? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's child's play to them. I'm like, really? Because that would be awesome. If I could get to the point where EZQC is child's play, I'd be like, yes, I have arrived. I I don't know, because, like, I know some dudes who have done that and, like, done the work, and they're always like, man, it's such an eye-opener. Well, I think I think it's because that, that goalpost is always moving, and they're they're constantly finding that one thing that's like I still need to work here and I still need to work here. So it's kind of like the end of the Dunn and Kruger thing where they're you know. Well, so I th- I think that something a lot of people, um, some trainers included, lose sight of is that every single encounter is a unique event. So you could go to ECQC ten times, um, you know. It's, see things the first two, three, four times. Maybe you see those same things over again, but at some point something's going to happen and you're going to be like, huh. And the whole reason in my mind that we train is so that we get the most exposure to the widest possible range of scenarios inside of any you know given context of, of what we're training so that if it happens in real life, we've seen it before. We've seen it before. We have kind of an idea of what works and what doesn't work. Um, and we, you know, most importantly, have emotional control over ourselves and our responses. And, you know, there's there's no, like, novel stimuli where we have to spend time going, what, what, what? You know what I mean? Um, I actually like how Dr. William April puts it with making parking spaces yeah. for mm-hmm. stuff like uh, I think sometimes we take classes to learn a new thing, and other times I think we're taking class to create a parking space for something. Well, for me personally, I think, too, ECQZ drives home the necessary de-escalation in verbal skills so that you avoid getting into the confrontation because you don't know. So you could be so perfectly fit and everything, but you you mess one thing up and someone's got you. And they, they shoot you in the face. doesn't matter how fit you are, how perfect you are. You just screw one thing up. And you're like, you know what? Had I maybe not said what I said and it hadn't gone to the ground fight that it did, maybe I wouldn't have gotten shot in the face in that particular Evo. Well, and, and that's, um, you know, that that's something that not many people uh, really enjoy thinking about or want to think about. You can do everything right. And still lose. Mm-hmm. A nine millimeter to the face does not care what your personal best on the bench press was. Yeah. Or, you know, that, hey. A, a, or what your fast time was, yeah, really. I was like, say, <laughs> it doesn't care. My, my sub four second fast time is not going to stop any bullets. And I mean, I can't do that right now anyway. But even when I could, 
you know, it's it's not a, a magic wand. It doesn't indicate anything, you know, about how a self-defense encounter is going to go, you know, so. but Well, to answer the, the question, the only thing I would say is if you have an injury that is healable, that, you know, like you sprained your ankle or, or tweaked your shoulder or your back went out, don't go to ECQC. And if, if it's going to get better, wait till that heals up. Because I actually watched one person have to sit out of all of day two because he had a, a sore neck and it got aggravated on day one and basically had to sit out all of day two. Or was it day two? And then on day three, he had to sit out one of those two days. So it was just like, Hedy, you know, Hedy, maybe they said a couple months from now, maybe I'd be healed up or whatever. Um, you're going to get your money's worth if you at least let things that can heal heal up before you go. That's the only thing I'd say to wait for. Previous injuries or if you yeah. have a heart condition like, <laughs> hey, my doctor says I need to be on this pacemaker and blood thinners. and I shouldn't get too excited. All right. Well, maybe you shouldn't go to ECQC. Maybe However, not. <laughs> I will say that Craig is very, very good at evaluating people and saying, hey, do you have any injuries? Do you have anything that we need to be conscious of? And he will if he sees someone getting a little sporty with a person, he'll stop them and be like, whoa, 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 you know, take it down a notch. So from a safety standpoint, you're not going to be put into reckless hands by going. I, you know, so. and, and to speak to that, and we'll get to another question since this has turned into a segment long question. <laughs> um, the Craig is probably the absolute best instructor I've ever met at evaluating his students before they've said or done anything. Um, you know, it's almost as if he's seen thousands of people get into fist fights in his class. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah. I know. Right. Well, we've got we've got a minute left in this segment. Uh, why don't you ask the question and then I'll make meaningless sounds at the end of it. So maybe, maybe read it real slow. slow. So a number of people actually brought this up because we posted a picture of Melody's new Sig three P three twenty. Short reach triggers. What are the advantages of them, and what should we be looking for them in? Okay. Um, short reach triggers and flat triggers too, or just? Uh, they also asked about flat triggers, but a lot of people were interested in the short reach concept. Well, okay. Let's talk about that when we get back. We're doing, we're, we're answering your questions. And you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Events, the country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Vance, lighter, stronger, better. This segment brought to you by Six Hour now with more options. We're not all the same. And our carry gun shouldn't have to be either. Six Hour gives you choices. And with more models than the Bible's got Psalms, it's never been easier to get out of your seat and jump around. And also, find a Six Hour that fits your needs. From the extremely versatile striker-fired P320 with modular grip frame to the Legion Series P226, the single-stack P225A1, or the entry-level SP-2022. Six Hour makes a model that's right for you. Just don't ask for Callahan. Full-bore auto-lock. They don't make that yet. Six Hour, when it counts. Did you see how seamless that was? Well, seamless is a word, but it's probably not the word I'd attach to that. Oh. The word I would attach is flow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> What a greater good. <laughs> oh, man. So the question before the break was, what are the benefits to a short reach trigger or, and then kind of ancillary to that, um, a flat trigger? The short reach trigger um, 
personally, I have found that most people, you know, the classic bullseye shooting technique is you put the very pad of your finger on the face of the trigger and, um, you know, that's how you shoot. And what I have actually found is that if you sink um, more finger so that you have got uh, the the distal joint and maybe even past, uh, and the distal joint is the, the last joint of your finger. Yeah, I was going to be like, let's, let's you know, clear let's this up. Let's use real people words. <laughs> distal. Well, you've got your... I don't know your, what distal means. Well, yes. And Some of us have... Some of us have received multiple head injuries, and therefore words like distal are just, you know, they mean nothing to me. <laughs> You're speaking Greek. Distal, medial, proximal. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the, the thing is, is that I found a lot of people are more likely to press the trigger straight back and without influencing it with um, more finger on the trigger is the best way to describe that. Well, depending on your hand size, um, you can't do that. And so Melody can speak to that. The, the stock trigger in the, P, um, the P320 is great for 99.9% .9 of people in existence, especially with the small grip module on it. It's just Melody's got like, <laughs> I don't know what, carny hands? They're, like, just, they're just, they're warrior size. No, those are beyond warrior. It's not, so it's Jack and Melody are holding hands up next to each other right now. And it's, it's, Barely looks like the same species. <laughs> I don't think we are, technically. Well, it's yeah. close. I'm God's own prototype. Wow. Ooh, that was, that that, was interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, let's not. So that that's the whole thing with short reach triggers. Because you had played with that 320 before, and you were kind of, you liked it, but you're like, I can't really use this trigger effectively. Yeah, most, I mean, most guns, let's just, let's just be honest. Most guns, they're, the trigger is too far forward for me. So uh, I get around that because I have to, I'm a little person in a big gun world. Um, but guns that I can customize to have short and especially flat triggers because I can get more finger on them and more consistent pull on them, um, then I can just shoot them better. It doesn't, there's not as much variation, not as much pushing, pulling, that kind of stuff. I can go straight back and forth uh, with the trigger a lot easier. This week on Discovery Channel and a little people in a big gun world, Melody Lauer. <laughs> now, so, and the other thing, too, about flat triggers, um, the whole idea behind those is that with a curved trigger, depending on where you place your finger on the trigger, the trigger pull is going to be different um, just due to leverage and, and pull weight and all that. With a flat trigger, it's... It's, in theory um, and in practice, a more consistent trigger pull no matter where your finger ends up. So that's... Um, and I find I get more contact on the trigger than just the tip of the bottom of my finger yeah. on a curved trigger. I, I don't... I really don't understand why we're sticking so traditionally to curved triggers. Flat triggers. Let's all go to flat triggers. Well, Yay. it's kind of like underwear, though. I can't, I can't tell Jack what... Well, I can't tell Jack what kind of underwear he likes because we've had this conversation, but I, I can't make the decision for him, you know? And, that, and that's... There are certain people that... I, I think there are guns that a flat trigger works really well on, mm -hmm. and I think there's some that it would be... Not so much. Not... Like, flat trigger on a revolver? Yeah, no. any sort of double action gun, I think a flat trigger would kind of suck. Uh, an AR, I like it. It's not a requirement. A 1911, 
it's a requirement now. Like really, having, I like flat triggers on 1911. As long as I've been shooting like 1911s, which is my like my first gun ever, um, I tried one with a flat trigger, and I'm like, nope. I will always have these from now on. It changes it immensely. Well, okay. So let's talk about that. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a free shout out to Gray Guns. Who has who made the trigger that's on Melody's 320? Um, now, full disclosure, we we didn't pay any money for that trigger. We're we're helping evaluate it, uh, and Gray Guns has partnered pretty tightly with Sig. Who, if you were paying attention to the start of the segment, sponsors the show. But um, one of the things that I like about the Gray Guns trigger, and which really determines whether or not a flat trigger works out on a gun or not is where the trigger ends up once the trigger breaks. And the reason why um, the Grey Guns trigger on the 320 is cool is because when the trigger breaks and comes to rest, it's still at a 90-degree angle as opposed to tilted back, mm-hmm. uh, and your finger doesn't slide down on the trigger or something like that. So with guns that have pivoting triggers like Glocks, Smith & Wessons, um, you know, some other ones, depending on the geometry of it and, and how they design it, uh, it can it can really matter. But, I mean, that's personal preference, like I said. But let's let's move on. Let's let's get another question in. Coming from Monty Grubbs. <laughs> Love that name. Do you think the average non-military, non-Leo shooter spends too much time in carbine classes and would be better served taking more pistol classes? Ah. Uh. I think it, it, well, once again, it depends. I mean, it depends on um, does the rancher out in Montana who carries a carbine with him every single day, does he need more pistol classes or does he need more carbine classes versus the guy that um, keeps an AR in his closet at home but carries a pistol, you know, seven days a week when he's uh, commuting in Chicago, you know? So the, for me to give a definitive answer on what someone else needs without knowing what their personal situation is, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, The other thing I will say is that, you know, I, yes, I would prefer that people spend more time on what, they are more likely to use, but I, I, I don't know what that is for anyone, and I don't want to, I don't want to tell them what that is. So I, I'm going to say something here that you, you may want to stop me, but it's mildly political. I, I, I oh well, it, can I, can I try and guess where you're going? Yeah, go ahead. I will say this with with the way the world seems to be changing and with some certain events that are looming on the horizon that may or may not cause social unrest. um, If, you know, if a natural disaster happens or there's political upheaval or societal change or any like event where the rule of law um, is no longer a thing or is temporarily not a thing like maybe if the lights go out for a couple weeks after a hurricane hits or something like that then hey those carbine classes don't seem so dumb now do they that was actually not where i was gonna really but i i mean that's super valid my statement is we are often in a political fight when it comes to gun rights and the money spent on carbines and things like that help as do the classes um you know when i started it was difficult 
to buy good rifles in a gun store. And now it's practically all there is. What I will say, you know what? That's a good point. Um, if, uh, oh, oh, see that little ping was Jack Jack's phone going off after he made a big deal about Melody and I turning our phones off before the show started. But I love that the first person you looked at and gave the stank eye was me. Thank well, you. Well, yeah, that. but then I caught Jack Jack's look of ashamedness. Oh, he's turning pink right now, too. It's amazing. Um, that's the other thing I will say, too, is that the fact that more people own carbines, modern sporting rifles, and go and train those right now is an amazing thing. Because historically, one of the problems has always been the the firearms community in the past was very divided. And there were certain segments of the firearms community that were like, you know what? I have no problem if we regulate these because that they don't apply to me. I'm a hunter. And the issue becomes that uh, what affects one of us affects all of us. And I'm sorry, there's no common sense gun control measures. The, the, the end goal and end state for people that talk about things like that is complete and total removal. Um, and we've got examples from various parts of the world where that's how it works. It's incremental changes uh, to, you know, erode our rights. But yes, now that I've had my little political moment, we're going to... We're going to go away. I mean, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, yeah, there is. And that's a very good point. Mm. We do have to uh, go to break, though. So right now you're listening to Police Radio! Welcome back to Police Radio! Country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories, Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better! Better! This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories at www.wilsoncombat.com. So the reason why there was a pause was because we were looking at each other trying to... It's like... Do, do I talk first or do you, you talk, talk first? first? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm confused here. I always talk first. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are answering your questions. It's a Facebook user question extravaganza. Well, we're, we're talking about your questions. We're not we're, really answering we're them. We're rambling. It's early. And honestly, we're, you know, we, so we're doing a couple of shows today. So um, a few, a, a few, several. Wait, I don't how know. many is a few? A few is two in my mind. No, that's a couple. Well, two to three. Okay, two okay. to three. Yeah, two a few. Three to few. More than two, but less than four. How many is several? A lot. <laughs> no, uh, a lot is a different thing. Yes, it's... I would say several is probably like seven to ten. Seven to ten? I'd say three to five. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot covers like what you would see in a parking lot. You know what, There's though? There's a lot of cars. I don't think it nice, would Literally a lot of cars. <laughs> oh, oh. God. <laughs> I think we're enjoying ourselves. I tell so you, much. the early morning shows are always the best. Well, well, there's that, and honestly, I think that the the vibe is better with, with the three, three of us. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. the three of us. That got weird. <laughs> Coming from Randall Briers, why should I start carrying a weapon-mounted light, and how do I get over any added discomfort? I don't know. Why should you start carrying a weapon-mounted light? There it is. There's the question. <laughs> I mean, so listen. Um, if you can carry something that adds capability and doesn't take anything away, then fine. 
Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. If you want to do that, I don't like playing the well. That guy's weird game for someone that wants to be prepared for certain situations. That having been said, um, for a civilian, I would if I had to pick between you having a weapon mounted light or a handheld light, I would much rather you have a handheld light. Um, most people don't get any sort of low light training at all. And the way they end up using weapon-mounted lights is uh, not how I like to use them, especially on a handgun. Um, there is a severe lack of handgun weapon-mounted light dedicated training out there. And people just think it'll be intuitive. And I'll say on a rifle, it is. Yeah. A weapon-mounted light on a rifle is somewhat intuitive. On a handgun, it's not. Well, I think it depends on... Um... There's a couple of issues at play here, but the and even with a even with a long gun light, you know, saying they're intuitive. How many? I mean, you've you've done a lot of shoot house stuff. How many people have you seen when they're using a long gun weapon mounted light? Just I'm gonna I'm gonna scan like this, and they're you know they're not consistent in their search patterns, and they you know they don't dig corners or they miss things in angles or whatever because. You know, using a light on a on a you know on a long gun or a handgun, there's a little bit more to it than. Well, uh, again, I I would love to see a dedicated class to weapon mounted lights. Um, Gee, if, if only Melody hint, and I had hint, hint. been talking about this. <laughs> um, I know when I started carrying one, I didn't know what I was doing with it. I had to spend a lot of time working with it, but now I have. Two guns that are pretty much the exact same gun, one with a weapon mounted light and one without. And if I'll be out all day and be back home before five, I carry the one without it. Yeah, I mean, for for me personally, I, I keep a weapon mounted light on my nightstand pistol. Um, but the, the thing, so if you're going to use a weapon mounted light, um, here's what you need to understand. A lot of people treat uh, the weapon-mounted light as if it's a flashlight with a gun attached to it. That's not how that works. It's a gun with a flashlight attached to it. The The priority is treating it like a gun and pointing it at things that you're not sure um, what it is is um, is kind of a problem, you know. So you need to, you need to understand that you can't, you know, you can't just do things like, I don't know who that is. Muzzle, you know? Um, because, you know, if you if you mess up, if you're wrong, you can go to jail. It's Real a, easy. It's not a flashlight that happens to have a gun attached to it. It's a gun that happens to have a flashlight attached to it. Isn't that what I just I said? Say, John just I said know, that. I'm just reiterating. Okay, all right. Wait, what? I said that? Yeah. You did? Like, did I? Yeah, but I cleaned up the language. Did you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Are you sure? I'm pretty I made sure it... it was like exact word mm-hmm. for word. <laughs> Re-listen to it. Trust me. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, if you want to carry one, cool. Just uh, I don't, you know, inside of the concealed carry civilian context, I'd rather you just stick a flashlight in your pocket and be happy to see me. So, As to the added discomfort. There isn't. It doesn't. Not in a good holster. Doesn't change anything. Um, Raven Concealment Vanguard Three is probably the best one that is widely available for the uh, the X three hundred currently. Um, U boat. It's only available for the Ultra variant. Yeah. Um, 
they make some for the lots of companies are making stuff for the XT1, but um, anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, coming from James Tollett, how well do night vision goggles work in a rave? I'm pretty well. Jack Jack tap. Pretty well, actually. Um, uh, Jack Jack, this is you. You need Gen Three with the auto gating capability, and what that means is that it automatically dims with bright lights, so that when a spotlight or laser flashes over your NVG, you don't burn out. Uh, but I have now <laughs> worn night vision goggles at two different raves, uh, and they're pretty cool. Uh, if I was hunting vampires, that would be always what I'd carry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you have your stake in your back pocket? Yes. All right. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Coming from Stephen Estelle, when researching trainers that are local, what is a good way to verify their information? That's a really here. Here's what I'll do. Um, I'm going to give you some general things that will, if I'm seeing it, will set me off a little bit. Um, and I'm not. I am not speaking to anyone specifically here, or anyone. You know, any similarity between actual peoples is completely coincidental. So, but if I go to their web page and they are teaching civilian stuff. I mean, that's all they're teaching is civilian stuff. Um, and I go to their webpage and I see a bunch of photos of dudes in full-on kit with drop-leg holsters with armor and long guns. That is an immediate red flag to me. Um, I mean, and I have those photos because I go and I do that stuff. But, like, in the context of, like, what, what Melody and I teach... You know, I don't I don't use that to promote our business because it's not got anything to do with our business. So that that's one thing that I look for. Um, one of the other things that I look for is people that are making real like solid, absolute statements about take our training and you'll be able to survive, um, you know, any encounter. Uh and it's a it's a small distinction. I mean, you know, take our training to improve your chances or to, you know, help you answer some of these. Sure, but like, um, it, it it's it it's like a clickbait ad. Like these six, you know, these six secrets to help you lose weight and number five will shock you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, if people are saying things like no one else does it this way, but this is, uh, then. If no one else does it that way, there might be a reason for that. You know what I mean? I would say and, if, oh. if it's not listed, look for a uh, – call them and ask for when the last time they took any professional training as a student and who they trained with. That's That, to me, is a big one, I think. Now, some of the people that we train with don't cut out as as often, but they will go at least once a year. Yeah. And train with other people and stuff. I think that's an we, important We had three trainers at our classes last weekend. Elite, no, four. Oh, yeah, three or four. Um, and so anyway, you know, there's some other stuff to look for. Um, but that's that seems to be... Oh, uh, here's the other thing. empty. If someone advocates empty chamber carry and they're teaching you self-defense, like civilian context self-defense, and they're advocating empty chamber carry... They have a flawed understanding of what a violent encounter looks like and, you know, are are teaching 
just bad techniques. Jack Jack wants to make a joke, but we have to go to break. So hold that joke, Jack. <laughs> and 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 we'll be right back. Right now you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio. Brought to you by Daniel Levance, the country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Levance, lighter, stronger, better. This segment brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light at it. And that's where Surefire comes in. From the USB rechargeable 300 lumen sidekick to the 500 lumen X300 Ultra or M600 Scout light, Surefire can make sure you never have to yell, Aziz, light, ever again. It doesn't matter if you're shining a light at potential threat or just helping your friends see through their eyelids. When you need all the lumens for longer, you need Surefire. And now is a special offer to Ballistic Radio listeners. You can get 30% off almost every product at the Surefire.com web store, uh, except suppressors and batteries, by entering the discount code ALLTHELUMENS. That is A-L-L-T-H-E-L-U-M-E-N-S. All the lumens, no space after that because then it doesn't work for 30% off everything except suppressors and batteries. So, what was your joke from last segment, Jack? You said uh, if they advocate empty chamber empty carry. Chamber carry. If they advocate empty chamber carry, they're not wearing that helmet for tactical reasons. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. So, we're answering your questions. <laughs> kind of. And Jack might have more questions. From Andrew Somhorst. Somhorst? 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 <laughs> wow. Way to what? insult our listeners. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, hold it together, guys. <laughs> I'm feeling a little hoarse. <laughs> Me! What suggestions do you have for a carry blade for a guy who doesn't quite have the money for a special circumstances just uh, yet? Which I'll go ahead and expand. What are the features that we all like on fixed carry blades? I'll go first, then Jack, then Melody. Uh, I am looking for a clinch pick style design. So, and the general parameters of that are a very short blade so that you can deploy them in a clinch. I like to carry mine um, horizontal at about the 11 o'clock position. Uh, I like it to lock the grip into my hand. I like to be able to use it either reverse grip edge in uh, or as more of a uh, shovel hook jabbing, you know, edge, uh, edge out. Yeah, God, my knife terms are just like dying right now, and I can't, anyway. So, um, what I am specifically looking for is, you know, something that can actually be deployed with a minimum amount of movement. And so, pretty much, if I'm on the ground wrestling with someone, I can, I can get to around my belt buckle area, and I can deploy the knife because comes out of the, the sheath quick. Um, if you don't have money for special circumstances, uh, Shivworks actually makes a, um, you know, a, a clinch pick that is um, made in China, actually. They call them China picks, but they're 90 bucks. And you can get those on Amazon. I've posted links to them. Um, so, yeah. Jack-Jack? Um, I either want a punch dagger style blade if I'm like having to go into kind of an MPE environment. But typically I want a knife that's slightly bigger because I have very large hands. So I'm looking for a larger handle. Um, and I want a knife that works in all positions. So either traditional 
blade up, uh, reverse blade, uh, ice pick, or like ice pick with the blade back. And what I'm using right now has a swept Persian style blade to it. So it's kind of a big belly thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are we okay with saying the names? Yeah, I don't care. Um, I'm carrying a Artificum Solus Clever Girl, which you can also, they make a copy from CRKT. And I have some other ones, like I have a K12 Asgard that I use also. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want a slightly larger knife because on the small blades like the clinch pick, I end up not having a very good purchase on it because of my large hands. Yeah, and to, to really give you an idea, uh, I have decent-sized hands, and Jack-Jack makes me look like a small child. Yeah, it, they're just huge. Melody? I like fixed blades. Now, here's the thing I'll say about fl- fixed blades is not every state is legal to mm. carry fixed blades in. Right. Um, so if I couldn't carry a fixed blade, I'd probably want something with an assist just to help. Um, but those can fail as well, so you still need to know how to deploy a blade uh, manually if you if you absolutely need to, if your assist isn't able to work. But for me personally, because it's legal, I like a, um, a small clinch pick type uh, knife. I personally am carrying right now the clinch pick titanium nitrite nightmare, which from, is a double edged from Bantang. From Bantang. Um, so it's a double edged clinch pick. And I like that because it really doesn't matter which edge of the blade I'm using. Um, and it allows all sorts of stabby cutty stuff to happen in the clinch. Um, I have in the past really liked the TDI LEO, LEO knife because of that kind of curve style. It was a little bit easier for me to conceal, but it was still fixed blade, still kind of had that short um, that short blade, so it was legal most places. Because other places they have fixed blades are legal if they're under a certain length, which I think is usually about three inches or so. Um, but but those knives you can find for pretty cheap. Um, you know, forty, forty five, yeah, fifty like the, bucks. The K bar TDI is like the small bucks. is like thirty five bucks. Yeah. It's, and it's in every Army Navy store you will ever go to. And and I don't really personally like the TDI very much, but you know, and that once again it's very personal. But let's let's try and get another question or two in. Okay. Just one second, I gotta scroll here. Talk, oh, talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic, and that topic is how do we get people interested in training past what is needed for a CCW? Uh, they have to be self-motivated. Yeah, but I mean, how do we get them there? That, you know, honestly, until you have a, a personal experience that, um, you know, or until you realize certain things about how the world you know, how does anyone fundamentally change their view of the world? If they don't already see it, me trying to figure out how to tell them to see it, usually the way that works is like a terrorist event happens or something really shocking gets shown on video, and people are like, huh, I've never thought about this. Maybe I should. And when they start doing their own research, it gets, you know, gets more, um, it gets more relevant for them. So, you know, the... The thing that I think that we need to do a better job of is not scaring people into it. Um, using fear as a, you know, as a sell technique or as a marketing scheme, I'm not, I'm not cool with that personally. Uh, I, I like to be, I mean, I'm very blunt, I'm very matter of fact, but I'm not trying to scare anybody. It just sort of is what it is. Mel, what do you think, Melody? 
I, I would agree. I think fear has a very short half-life where people, they get some kind of really scary event or something and then they go out and train for like one class or two classes. And very few people <clears throat> go further than that and really self-motivate and realize, okay, this is an ongoing thing. And if we could pinpoint everyone's individual motivational buttons, that would be fantastic. But it's a very individual thing. There's no broad, uh, I mean, that's, that's the question of the age. How do we motivate people to buy our product? How do we motivate people to do this? How do we motivate people to come to church? You know, I mean, that's just like how the, the motivation question is a question of the ages pretty much. And this is just another way of asking how do we get people to do what we want them to do? It's hard to do. Jack, do you? From Eric. Well, no, I don't. You guys have said what I was going to say. From Eric Beveridge, holster recommendations for women. Oh, I, I guess that one's on me. Um, no, I have one after you do? you're done. Okay, all right. I, I like. So, can, can women not wear the same quality holsters that men can? I was just going to say, just because I, I don't know what this for women. What about for human beings? Ooh, how about that? Um, most of the good holsters that I carry are not made for men or women specifically, they're made for people who carry guns and who fight with guns. Um, so I really like Keeper's Concealment, Dark Star Gear, a lot of those people. Now, there are a couple select holster systems that are better suited for women's attire, uh, such as, you know, like the flashbang. I know a lot of people don't like it, but let me tell you, if you're wearing a skin-tight dress to a wedding and that's the only place to carry a gun, well, okay. Um, or like the can-can if you're in a, a dress or a skirt, but you have to be careful that you're checking those holsters and maintaining them well because they are elastic. They will wear out over time, and that can be a retention and safety uh, issue there. Yep. Hey, look at that. We're out of time. Maybe we'll do another Facebook user question episode after we get through this next one, but uh, join us next week for Claude Werner who's going to be talking about cool stuff. Uh, make sure you check out our website, BlizzardRadio.com, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BlizzardRadio. And hey, keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week.